Hello, nature lovers. Do you love to read books like I do? I've always enjoyed reading books ever since I was a kid, especially books about nature. Unfortunately, as I get older, I find myself with less and less time to sit down with a good book. I've solved that problem with Audible. Audible allows you to listen to your favorite titles while you are driving at the gym, taking a walk, wherever you are. With all the latest titles, you'll have quite a selection to choose from. And they have podcasts, too. Start listening today with a free 30-day trial. To get your free 30-day trial, go to the show notes and click on the link. Happy listening. Hello, friends. I'm Paul, and this is the Nature Wanderer Podcast. Welcome once again as we explore nature. And today I want to teach you how to explore your backyard, how to see your backyard. I know, I'm sure you can probably tell me what your backyard looks like already. But we're going to look at it in a different way. You see, if I asked you, describe your backyard, what would you say? Well, there's a tree over there, there's a tree here, there's a fence around it, there's a couple of bushes, it's got lots of grass, there's an area with no grass because of the sunlight doesn't get through because of the tree, I've got a patio out back, there's a fire pit to enjoy being outdoors in the evenings. All of these things are awesome. You just describe your backyard, but do you really know your backyard? I'll place bets that you don't. You see, we always look at things with our eyes. We stick that image in our head, and that's what we see. Have you ever gone out with your camera, maybe on vacation or maybe just to a local park, and you see this beautiful sight? Maybe it's a mountain in the background, and you have the sun behind it, the trees, there's a creek going in front, and you have that vision in your head of this beautiful scene, this beautiful piece of nature, and that's going to stay in your head forever. But you want to capture it on your camera, and you want to put that image in front of other people so that they can see what you got to experience. And then you take the picture. Maybe you take a lot of pictures. I've always learned with photography, you take a lot of pictures because you're probably going to throw most of them away because they're blurry. They're just not right. The lighting's wrong. Something's not right on them. And then you go weeding through all the pictures after you get home. And like I just said, you throw most of them out and you keep the best ones. But you look at those best ones and you realize that's not what I was seeing. It's different. That's not the image that was in my head. How am I supposed to show this to my friends, to my relatives, if that's not what I saw? It didn't capture what I had in my head. Well, the reason is because you're looking at it different than the camera is. Now, wait a minute. You were looking through the camera when you took the picture. But you can't capture the emotion. You can't capture everything else. But you're still missing a lot. How many of your pictures in your photo album are landscapes? 
how many of them, and I'm talking here about nature photography, how many of those nature photos are landscapes? And how many are just of a close-up of a flower? Or maybe a small insect? Or You're probably going to find, like most people, a majority of the picture is the big picture, the landscape. Yet, only a fraction of those pictures are actually close-ups, maybe small objects, maybe something you never noticed before. And that's what I want to teach you how to do, to look at your backyard or wherever you go, but it's right in your own yard. You probably don't even know it. Nature at all levels. But as humans, we're seeing nature from... Well, depending on how height-impaired you are, four feet, maybe up to six feet, maybe seven feet. I don't know how tall you are, but that's your view of nature. When was the last time you laid down on the ground to study the grass, to study what's underneath the rock? That's the type of nature I'm talking about, experiencing it not from the big picture, but from close up. There's so much that we often miss in our backyard. So that description that you give the person, me for instance, about what your backyard looks like is not the total picture of your backyard. It's the big picture. In other words, what you see as a whole. But you don't take the little bits that may be hidden. So start exploring your backyard in a different way. Here's a few tips. First of all, look without looking. I know it sounds strange, but I really do mean it. Look at your backyard without looking at it. Go out in the middle of your yard or wherever you're comfortable. Find a nice, cozy, comfy seat, maybe on the grass. If you don't want to get up from the grass, grab a chair. Just set a comfy chair out there and look around you. Then close your eyes and really look around you. Just the other day, I had one of those awesome days. Hopefully, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those days where you have nothing to do in the morning. Nothing pressing. You do have your honeydew list that has to get done at some point, but not right now. You don't have to go to work. You shut the alarm off last night because you knew you didn't have to get up at a specific time. But, of course, your mental alarm is still set. So you get up early and you just lay there, knowing you don't have to get up. Yeah, I had one of these mornings. They don't come very often, but I had one the other day. And it was one of those magical mornings. It was nice and warm outside, so I had the sliding glass door open just the screen closed in my bedroom, and I just laid there listening. Now, I have a big blue tree outside my, yes, I did say a blue tree. Outside of my bedroom window, there's an old dead tree, and the birds loved it so much that I didn't have the heart to cut it down. They love the fact that I hang all my bird feeders from it, and they hang out on the branches. The woodpeckers and the chickadees, they'll find a little notch in the rotting tree, the dead tree, and they take the seeds out. They'll take them up and cram them into that notch and start pecking away at it to break it open. Instead of cutting down this tree, I painted it blue. 
make it an art piece and the birds love it. I don't have the heart to cut it down. Now I do lose some branches now and then. The paint protects it, but up high, the upper branches, I can't reach those to paint them. So they're still bare and every year if the wind comes in in the spring and whips through real quick, it usually knocks a branch or two to the ground. So I, I am slowly losing the tree. But anyhow, I've got this blue tree out my window. I've got all kinds of bird feeders hanging from it. And in the morning, that's when the birds are out collecting their food. They're at the tree, at the feeders, gathering all their food for the day, getting nice and filled up and chubby so that they can go about their business and avoid predators the rest of the day. So I laid there the other morning and I just listened. Just listen to the birds. And I listen to all the other sounds. Now, there wasn't much of a breeze, but I could hear the breeze rustling through the trees. I just laid there listening to nature out in my yard. And I was also smelling it. Like I said, there was a slight breeze, and the breeze would waft in my door. And I could smell the flowers. I could smell the freshly cut grass that I cut the day before. I was smelling all these odors from nature, all the smells of nature. I was listening to it. I could feel the breeze come in. I could feel the temperature outside without even looking at a thermometer. So all of this was experienced in about 15 minutes of just laying in bed with my eyes closed. I was seeing so much without ever looking. And that's what I want you to try. Like I said, go out in your yard, find a nice comfortable place somewhere. It can be on your patio, but don't look around. I mean, I want you to look around at first with your eyes, but then I want you to close your eyes and just listen. Just smell things. Just feel the breeze. Feel the temperature. Maybe it's a sunny day. And you can feel the sun warming your body. You can feel the breeze just brushing against your cheek, maybe blowing your hair a little bit. And you can listen for the birds. Listen for the wind going through the trees. Listen for all these different sounds. Try smelling. See what you can smell. All of these things are ways to experience nature without your eyes. We are so in tune to use our eyes to look at nature all the time. But we can find more about it. We can learn more about it. We can experience more if we just close our eyes and use the rest of our senses. Throughout time, we have become lazy in using our senses. We're so in tune to using our sense of sight that we forget about all the other senses. We forget to use them. They're out of practice. We don't get a chance to use them, so we don't use them. And now they're starting to be less sensitive. Get in touch with these senses. Start using them more. And the simple way to do it is just close your eyes. Get rid of that one sense that we depend so much on. And start experiencing your backyard in another way. So that's one of the things I want you to try, is experiencing seeing without seeing. 
Now, another experiment, another way I want you to start looking at nature is from different angles, from different views. So go out in your backyard. Yes, you know you have that tree in the middle of your yard. Do you know what type of tree? Maybe it's a big maple. Do you know what it feels like? Do you know what the bark feels like? Do you know what it smells like? Have you ever seen it from underneath? I want you to start taking an object in your yard, like that tree. Or if you don't have a tree, maybe you have a bush. Go up to that object and start experiencing, exploring it in different ways. Yeah, I want you to use your eyes. I want you to look at it, but I want you to look at it up close. I'm sure you could tell your tree from the other trees if I showed you pictures of it because you've seen it a million times. But what if I showed you pictures of it up close compared to other trees? Would you know which one was yours? Probably not. Most people wouldn't. That's because you know what it looks like as a whole, not the parts put together. So go up and start exploring that object, that tree as an example. Look at the bark. Can you describe it? What colors are it? Is it the same color all the way around? Are there any types of fungus growing off of it? Is there moss growing on it? Are there any insects crawling on it? And then I want you to start touching it. Touch that tree. Touch different parts, not just one part of the tree. Yes, I'm turning you into a tree hugger now, but I want you to touch all different parts of that tree so that you can tell me what it feels like. Can you describe, is it soft? Is it hard? Is it rough? What is the texture of the tree? And not just the trunk. If the branches are low enough, I don't want you getting into any danger by climbing up a tree, but if the branches are low enough, try touching the branches. I have a willow tree in my yard and the branches just hang low and half of them are on the ground most of the time, especially after a windstorm in the spring. I clean up a lot of willow branches, but the trunk of the tree feels a lot different than the branches. And the branches that fall to the ground, they're very brittle. They break very easily. I never would have known that if I just looked at it. But I touched it. I felt it. I experienced it more. And smell it. What's your tree smell like? Does it have an odor? Maybe it doesn't. So try experiencing your entire tree and then look at it in a different angle. Go underneath, lay underneath and look at it. Or maybe if you do it in a safe way, climb up into the tree and see it from that angle. Walk around the tree. Does it look different from this side or that side? And here's another thing that you can do. Look at it at a different time. What's it look like in the morning? How are the shadows hitting it? Do they make it look different color? I mean, color is basically created from light. So if you have a different light on the tree, does it look different? Does it look different in the morning than it does in the afternoon or the evening? What about when there's a sunset and it's pouring that reddish colored light on the tree? What's it look like then? 
And what's the color on one side compared to the other side? The shadow side. So start looking at it. And use your camera too if you want and take pictures of the different sides of the tree in different light and see the differences. All of this is showing you the way the object looks, feels, smells. I don't recommend tasting. I know that is another sense, but have you ever tasted a tree? Yeah, they probably don't taste very good. The woodpeckers think they do, but we're not woodpeckers, so I don't recommend tasting the tree. And don't taste plants because some plants out there are poisonous. So please don't use the sense of taste. Just use the sense of smell unless you know the plant. I love tasting the mint in my yard. And when I go for a walk in my woods, I love trying the trout lily. Kind of tastes like sour apple. And when I go out back in my yard and I have some wild grapes back there, I don't taste the wild grapes. They are edible, but they're really not palatable. There is a difference between edible and palatable. So I don't taste the wild grapes, but as they're growing, the tendrils, the little swirly branches coming off that help it to cling to objects so that that vine can actually climb up high to the sunlight. Those are the tendrils. And when they're really light green, sometimes I'll break not all of them, just one or two. I break them off and I taste them and they are delicious. Taste certain things, but don't go around tasting everything unless you know the object really well. Because some things in nature, some plants are poisonous. Now, I don't want you getting harmed exploring nature. Now, here's another thing I want you to do is I want you to look at things up close, too. How many times have you gotten down on your hands and knees and crawled around in your yard? Probably not very often. Once again, we're looking at things from our height, the height of our eyes. I'm about five foot ten, so my eyes are probably at about five foot four. That's my view of the world is from that height. But every once in a while I like to get down on my hands and knees and explore nature. See what's down close to the ground. When my wife and I go hiking together, we both get a different sense of what is in the woods or wherever we're hiking. And the reason is because not because she is vertically challenged. Um, that's the nice way of saying she's short. She's not real short, but she's a lot shorter than I am. So she's seeing things at a different height than I am. But when we're hiking, especially through the woods, I'm always looking around. I'm looking up high. I don't know how many times I have tripped over tree roots or rocks or, because I'm always looking around. Yet my wife, when we're hiking, she's always watching for those tree roots. She's watching for the rocks. But I see more up at my height. She sees more down on the ground. Is that a problem? Not really. She gets to see things I don't. And I get to see a lot of the things she doesn't. So we help each other out. When we see something interesting, we let the other one know, hey, did you see that snake down there? We have a different perspective that we're seeing things. When you're out in your yard, get down on your hands and knees and just crawl around on the ground 
and see what you can find on the ground. You may find some insects down there. Maybe flip a rock over. If you have something lining a walkway, like railroad ties, flip one of those over. Now, always carefully replace it. And the reason I say that is because there's probably some animals under there that you've never discovered before in your yard. So flip it over, look, check it out. But remember, that is someone's habitat, someone's home. So make sure you put that rock or railroad tie or whatever you flipped over, make sure you put it back so that they don't get disturbed. Now, about a year ago, I had the opportunity, and I still have that same opportunity, to see things in yet another view. You see, I actually got myself a drone. I got this drone so, well, so I could see nature in a different way. Every once in a while, I'll fly the drone over my yard, over my property, so I can see nature from up above. And the one day I actually took it over the woods next door, and I went down a creek, and it was just an absolutely beautiful view of that creek. I've gone over and walked down that creek before, but I've never seen it from that angle. So start looking at things from different angles. Start looking at them from down lower, not from that four or five foot height of yours, but look at it from one foot, two feet off the ground. And while you're down there, don't forget to use the other senses. Start feeling the grass, feeling the rocks that you are walking or crawling next to. So feeling those rocks, start listening down at that level. Maybe it sounds different. I always am amazed in the springtime in my yard. I have a section of my yard that gets very wet. My property actually is on a slight hill. We purposely bought this property because of that hill. It was south-facing, and we built our house into the hill. Now, because of the hill, the slant, everything from the field above us drains down into our property. And so there's certain sections of our property that get very wet in the spring when the snow melts. And you can almost hear it bubbling. You can hear the water flowing underneath. And it's kind of interesting when you can get down close, get down low, and listen to it down close to where it is. Don't forget to smell things. Smell the grass. Smell the flowers down there. What does it smell like underneath that rock? Kind of stale? I don't know. It's your yard. So start using your senses and different views to explore your yard more. So that the next time someone asks you, if I ask you, hey, describe your yard, you'll be more apt to describe it with more detail. You'll know more detail about your yard. Do you know what birds visit your yard? Well, you will if you start exploring more and exploring it in a different way, using all your senses. Don't forget to close your eyes once in a while. Now, there's one more thing that I want you to do when you start exploring your yard in a different way. Leave the field guide behind. Don't go on your phone. Don't look at the field guides on your phone. If you see something that you don't know, that's okay. 
if it's something that's going to move away like an animal, take a picture of it and find out what it was later. But if it's something that's going to be there, hey, it's going to be there. You know, maybe it's a rock. Oh, what kind of rock is this? I've never seen one this bright red. Maybe you're into geology. This rock is interesting to you. Well, don't just grab your field guide and try to identify it. I remember several years ago, I went on a walk. I'd say a hike, but we had a large group and there were some elderly people with us. So it was more of a walk than a hike. And we stayed on the trails. But we were at a nature center visiting, and the naturalist at that nature center gave us a guided hike of some of the trails there. As we were going along, one of our group had a question about a plant that they saw, and they never knew what it was. And they asked this naturalist, and the naturalist wasn't sure. I mean, being a naturalist myself, I went over and I looked at the plant, but it was one I didn't know either. What I did is I grabbed my camera and I took a picture of it. What the other naturalist did, and I didn't want to step on her toes. This was her hike. She just stopped, put down her backpack, opened it up, and she dug out her field guides. Now, for the next 15 minutes, she was thumbing through her field guide with this one person trying to figure out what that plant was. Everyone else was standing around who didn't really care about naming that plant. They were just standing around waiting to get the hike going. So I started showing them some other things, and I started talking a little bit about the Nature Center, even though it was one of the first times I was there. I knew a little bit of the history of it, and I started discussing some other parts of nature. And I finally went over to this other naturalist and I told her, I says, well, we're going to move on. If you guys want to catch up, that would be fine. And she's like, oh, that's all right. We figured out what it was and we'll move along now. And we continued the walk, but that was 15 minutes trying to name this object. My plan was to take my picture when I got back and learn what it was. You miss nature when you start thumbing through a field guide. How many times have you missed nature because you were on your phone? How many times have you missed nature because you were too busy talking to someone? Because you weren't looking around, you weren't exploring, you weren't discovering it in all these different ways, through touch, through smell, through sight. There's so many ways to explore nature and discover it without naming it. Because as humans, it's kind of inbred with us. We have to know the name of things. Oh, what is that bird that's sitting on the side of my tree right now who has kind of a black and white speckled back and a white belly, a black stripe going through its eye, has a pretty long beak and is pecking a hole in the tree? Okay, it's got to be some kind of woodpecker, but I don't know. So I'm going to grab my field guide and look it up. And in the meantime, that bird flies away. Wouldn't it be so much nicer to just watch it, explore it, discover it, kind of figure out what it's doing, learn about its habits, learn about the way it works, learn all about it. It's my opinion that you'll learn so much more through observation.
This is what scientists do. They observe. They come up with a theory, but then they try to prove the theory. And the way they do that is they observe. They watch. They explore. And then they can go back and they can write all about it. That's how you need to do it as well. So don't go out in your yard and try to name everything right away. Go out and explore it. Try to describe it in your mind. Maybe take a picture. Maybe do a drawing. I know a lot of people who do nature journals, and we'll actually do an episode on nature journaling in the future. But they do a nature journaling. They'll sketch it. They'll write down all their thoughts. And and then... Maybe later, they'll go to their field guides and figure out what it was. Most of the things in your yard have always been there. You just didn't know it. And they're probably always going to be there. But you don't have to name it because as soon as we name it, we've lost interest. Oh, yeah, that's a hairy woodpecker on the side of my tree. Okay, I've seen enough of those. I've seen lots of hairy woodpeckers. It's a hairy woodpecker. I lost interest in it. But if you watch that hairy woodpecker, he's going to show you some amazing things. He's going to teach you all about his habits. Why is he sitting on the side of the tree away from the wind, looking around? He's probably protecting himself. Does his name tell you that? No observation does. So I want you to do me a favor. Start exploring your backyard in a different way. I mean, I always love when people get out and explore nature. I never like it when we're stuck indoors, maybe because of the weather. There's so many people that have beautiful backyards, and yet they don't get out and use them to explore nature. So do me a favor this week. And keep it going after this week, too. Get outside and really get to know your backyard, not just the big picture. Look at the little stuff. Go up to those objects that you've seen before, but you never really explored. Look at your backyard from a different angle, from down low, from different lighting, from different sides of the object. Have you ever stood in that corner of your backyard and just looked around? Maybe not. That tree might look a lot different from over there. Look at it in the morning. Look at your backyard in the evening. Get out and explore your backyard so that you can describe it in more detail. And not just by, yeah, it's a backyard. There's grass there. There's a couple of trees. It's about a half acre. It, You know, Get out and really get to know your backyard. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time, and I've got to get outside and do some exploring in my yard. I hope you enjoyed wandering through nature with me. Don't forget, invite your nature-loving friends to join us. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Take a minute to rate and review the podcast. If you have any nature questions, please, I can't stress this enough. If you have any nature questions or ideas for future episodes, feel free to drop me a DM on my Instagram page at the nature wanderer underscores in between each word or my website at naturewanderer.org. 
You can also support the podcast by joining my Patreon, which will also give you extras, including videos, education classes, pictures, and more. Show your support of the podcast and your love of nature by supporting a Nature Wanderer t-shirt. I have a few of myself. They're awesome. You can get a water bottle with the Nature Wanderer logo on it, backpack, puzzle, much more. You can purchase all these things at my store, which is linked in the show notes and also from my website. Have a great week and above all, keep exploring the nature around you. Thank you.